Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You're from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Talk Memphis, oh Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome to today's program. My guest today is from Angel Street, Memphis, where their mission statement says they seek to empower young women to serve, uh, to, excuse me, (laughs) seek to empower young women to understand their value, discover their purpose, and become creatively equipped to serve the Memphis community as leaders, Jill Dyson, executive director, is here to share with us the impact Angel Street is having in Memphis and our community. You'll find out what is unique about Angel Street and how you can participate. In the second half of the program, there's a new short-term medical plan, which is being introduced into the market later this year. How are these plans different from the Affordable Care Act compliant plans? Well, here to answer that question is Shoemaker Insurance Solutions Vice President Shannon Dyson. From our Did you know, Files, the S&P 500 closed at a record high last week. It was, in fact, Friday, August the 24th. The index finished the week at 2,875, its 15th record close in 2018, and 203rd closing high since the bull market began on March the 10th of 2009. We are now in the longest-running bull market in history. Here's a thought for you, though. Our research indicates that 37% of the S&P 500 year-to-date performance of 6.5%, a total return, through July the 31st of this year was driven by just three tech stocks. Now, that's 37% of the S&P 500 movement by three tech stocks. Keep that in mind. Gallup Research has stated recently 46% of Americans have no money invested in stocks today, either through ownership of individual stocks, equity mutual funds, or through holdings inside a pre-tax retirement plan. Well, You might want to think about it. Uh, It may be a little late. You've been missing the bull market. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Coming up, Jill Dyson, founder and executive director of Angel Street, Memphis. Shannon Dyson, also short-term medical plans, how they differ from the Affordable Care Act compliant plans. You really want to know all there is to know about that. That makes a big difference for a lot of people. I want to give a special congratulation to good friends and faithful listeners down in Batesville, Mississippi, the Granthams, Alan and Becky, who just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Congratulations, guys. Uh, Well done. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securing Financial Services are affiliated with Jill Dyson or Angel Street Memphis. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, as I mentioned earlier, our guest today is Jill Dyson, executive director and founder of Angel Street Mentors, Angel Street Memphis, where they mentor girls by providing musical training in communities with limited artistic opportunities. What I thought about earlier and when I mentioned this, they say they seek to empower young women 
To understand their value, discover their purpose, and become creatively equipped to serve Memphis community as leaders. Now, we're talking about young ladies aged 8 to 18 from several schools in the North Mississippi, North Memphis area. You know, I think it's important for you to know this is an impact that is affecting the community because it's touching young people, not just in a mentoring program, but creatively. And I like that. Jill Dyson, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. You know, lady, you are a gifted young lady. You have been a um, uh, friend of ours for a long time, obviously, and uh, you're married to the second half of this program. <laughs> uh, and I think the fact that I guess people need to understand you are gifted musically. You have a tremendous voice. You're, you, you've been singing since I've known you since you were little bitty. Mm-hmm. And, the, and little bitty. You're still little bitty. But <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but you're bigger. You're bigger. I see what you bitty. did there. That's good. Thanks. <laughs> but the reality is you're a gifted artist. And uh, now you're taking what God has given you and the talent. Mm-hmm. And I like what your mission statement says. When you think through this, the whole idea behind you seek to empower young men, women to understand their value, discover their purpose, and become creatively equipped to serve Memphis community as leaders. You know, uh, that's, uh, it took a lot of time to write that, didn't it? <laughs> Actually, yes. It, it was about three years in the making yeah. once we discovered exactly who we were as a program. Well, then let's talk about that. Okay. How long has Angel Street been in existence, and uh, where has it led you to? I mean, where are you headed? What's your path? Okay. Well, we started almost five years ago. This December will be our fifth anniversary. That's great. And we started as a just a children's choir to open up for a women's Christmas dinner at Hope Church. Um, my background is in music and actually theater way back in the day, in musical theater. And so I was kind of in the lane of, of leading worship and um, a specific focus on women's ministry. And that's how I was asked and approached to help out with the events team for that particular Christmas dinner. And they wanted a children's choir. Um, My passion at the time had been, um, for the previous eight years, focused on North Memphis, which was an area that Hope Church had plugged into uh, through their urban missions called Oasis of Hope. And so I was a volunteer at first and then became a little bit more involved um, throughout the years. And so I had developed some great relationships in the North Memphis community with the women there. And that was my first response was, why don't we do it um, as a, a choir from North Memphis and we will open up. And we had 11 girls participating. So this um, December is really special to celebrate everything that's happened in the past five years with our growth and where we are now. Um, you asked where we are now, and we are actually opening up a second chapter. For the first time, we're duplicating our programming in the Graham Heights community, which is 38122 is the zip code. Previously, we've had our footprint in 38107, which is just north of the pyramid, right. and that's in North Memphis. And so we're excited to see what that looks like to have two chapters so, existing. So when you think about this, you're talking about providing musical training. Now, yes. you're doing this from a biblical faith-based mentality. This is not just mm-hmm. teaching people how to sing. You're teaching people faith. You're teaching people about Christ, but you're teaching them also about just life. I mean, yes. I know we've talked about this, but 
uh, so many times you have a young lady that is struggling with all the environment, all the things going on in her life. And not only does she want to learn how to sing, Mm -hmm. but they learn more about just being young ladies. Yes, that is very important to us. Yeah. Well, sisterhood um, and creativity, originality, those are all part of our core value system at Angel Street. And we realized that, like I said, around year three, when we kind of redeveloped our mission statement, we started off really um, focused on music education because we knew how important that was in um, just great academics and this the value because it was being removed so much from the schools that we were focused on as we dug a little um, into the research process before we decided to become a full organization after that one time choir performance. We were finding that there were no arts available in the schools, and specifically there was nothing outside of the school, our um, extracurricular, that were engaging females. Uh, there's a lot of gymnasiums in the neighborhoods we serve and active game play, but there was nothing specifically programmatically for females. So we wanted to fill that void as well as the arts missing from the schools. Um, Is arts being removed for, you know, as you talk about that, I mean, here's something that the arts plays such an integral part to a self-esteem for a person. And is it we're just taking that out because of the lack of funding or yes. is it the lack of interest or, or what it's definitely see? not a lack of interest. And we've proven that over the past five years, as we've seen almost 300 girls walk through our doors. The interest is there. The funding is not. And so the schools will cut that back as they trim um, and also as they kind of. Um, become endangered. There's a lot of schools that we've worked with over the previous five years that have been on the verge of shutdown. Um, So a lot of charter schools have come in to replace those Shelby County schools in the system um, and the zip codes that we are targeted. Um, So we we've seen a lot of evolution throughout the past five years and and things shift, but there's definitely not a lack of interest. It's a lack of funding. Um, So we want to come in and and fill that void. Uh, We've seen um, Kingsbury um, will be the schools that we focus on in the Graham Heights community. Um, There is no music program that's active. Um, There's definitely no extracurricular activity as well. So we just wanted to, so our focus on music education um, and then having just the relationships and the community focus that we built throughout the years, we realized that um, being based on faith, that we were more of a mentoring program than anything and that we were seeing more impact in that area of relationship development and just developing young women to have a voice both inward and outward um, was really kind of who we were becoming. So we created the mission statement that really fits us now. So if you just tuned in, my guest is Jill Dyson. She is the executive director and founder of Angel Street Memphis. And this mentors girls by providing musical training in communities where there's limited access uh, for artistic opportunity. And this is for girls ages 8 to 18. Uh, It's in the North Memphis community. Now you're opening one in Graham Heights. And uh, I think what is important, auditions are held at the beginning of every fall semester. So you're right Mm -hmm. in the middle of auditions. We have one at 10 o'clock today. 10 o'clock today. Can I make it there maybe? (laughs) Come on. Do you want to audition? I I can hear me saying that. Okay, now moving right along. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it right now. (laughs) Yeah, 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 right. Uh, Angel Street, let me say this. It's an experience. It's it's an outlet for creativity. Uh, it gives a, it encourages uh, mm-hmm. young artists. Yes. It gives them a chance to, you nurture them, you're developing them. Sometimes things that really don't happen anyplace else mm-hmm. may, is happening 
right there at Angel Street. You're desiring a, a deep desire. I know that we've talked about this really to further their education, to stimulate them, as you said, inwardly and outwardly that they and I've watched them. I mean, you can mm-hmm. see it on their faces that that confidence level uh, is there learning to sing. And you do a great job of teaching, but you can see that beginning to to surface and uh, be a part of their life. I mean, you know, face it, sports is critical. We, we want sports. We want, you know, team sports. Mm-hmm. But don't forget that not everybody is a football player or a soccer player or a volleyball player. There are people who are they're artistic. They, they like a musical instrument. They like to sing. And this is part of it. So if you would like to participate, let me just tell you a little bit. Why don't you tell us what's going on, Jill, as far as mm-hmm. coming up with, uh, with Angel Street and Napa Cafe? And we'll give them some more information in a second. Okay, sure. Well, we are always seeking volunteers, um, not just to provide financial support for Angel Street, which is always a must. Um, We are a nonprofit, 501c3 registered um, organization, but we really, really love for partners in our community, just like Shoemaker. Y'all have been around really since almost inception where you've supported financially, but then you've also hosted um, events for us um, to really build awareness in the community. You've come alongside and fed the girls. Um, You've hosted us at your location where we were able to use our voices to sing and and to practice all that we learn during our rehearsal schedules. Um, So you've really provided a great um, example and platform uh, for others to engage the same way. We love for corporations to come in and love on the girls, provide opportunities for us to partner um, and just get creative to um, really kind of have long standing relationships. And if you just tuned in, you know, Jill is talking about how you could participate. Let me give you a telephone number if you'd like to talk to Jill about having Angel Street come out and they have been to our facility in in Germantown and do a great job whether it's a Christmas thing or a summer thing or just to come. It's 857-3533-857- Three five three three, and that gets you in touch with anybody at Angel Street. And you can go to angelstreetmemphis.com, angelstreetmemphis.com. If you'd like to know a little bit more, you can dive in to do that. But the bottom line is volunteering opportunities, whether you're a participant, whether you're a participant being where you have them come and entertain. Uh, but you've there's some history here. I mean, you've had some some great successes Tell me about a couple of the big successes and the one, of course, I want to talk a little bit about Nashville last year, mm-hmm. but some of the big successes, because you're having some impact with some girls that may not have ever had that opportunity. Absolutely. Well, we, we like to tell the success story. So following us on social media, Angel Street Memphis on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but also our website, like you mentioned, angelstreetmemphis.com, will help you see and peer into those little videos that we're sharing every month mm-hmm. on a new story of impact. Um, so those are really fun to follow. Um, one of our biggest to date, obviously, is Tarian Bass, who is an outgoing participant. She was with us that very first year, one of our 11 participants in that choir. And she was a senior that year, graduated um, because of our connectivity through Angel Street and just the opportunity she was getting musically, but also just developmentally as mentors in her life. She was connected to some fabulous opportunities and is now signed with Goatee Records. She's also 
touring as the lead female vocalist for Toby Mac, um, Grammy and Dove award-winning artist and recording artist. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about all the successes she has had. And now she's a mentor and is pouring back in. So we've seen a lot of graduates who have found their own path with second, you know, with their education, some going through hair school, some going to University of Memphis, um, a lot of state colleges, and they're coming back as mentors and volunteers, some part-time staff members. So we really like to nurture that um, opportunity for them to return to us and engage. You know, then you say that, and we say we kind of say that. Well, wouldn't you think that's normal? But that doesn't happen all the time, does it? Not at all. I mean, a lot of these... people have that mentality of, "Hey, I'm going to get up and I'm going to move out and I'm, I'm going to better myself and I'm never coming back." And I think even Tarion will tell you that was her idea in the beginning. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the neighborhood that that cause you know the crime, the the just the the statistics, the poverty, really. You know, that's that's kind of a normal reaction. Sure. Um, and so it's interesting. She has changed her her um, viewpoint. And she really wants to give back now and become, you know, a celebrator of all the good things that are, are occurring and happening in the neighborhood. She was one of them. And there are so many other women just like her that are just need that encouragement, that light and that hope um, to just continue to build their community stronger. And that's what we're all about. Angel Street, Memphis. Uh, you need to find out more about that. You need to Google it. Uh, just uh, whatever. Just do your thing. But telephone number is 857-3533, angelstreetmemphis.com. You said Twitter, Facebook, all those things. You can follow you guys through yes. that. Easy to do. Mm-hmm. But you've got an upcoming event uh, in just a couple of weeks at Napa Cafe. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, our amazing sponsors, Shoemaker Financial. Thank you very much. Second year in a row to be overall sponsors. We appreciate that. We are having two nights. One is sold out, so you cannot come on Monday night, but we still have a few spots available for Tuesday. You can go to our website, angelstreetmemphis.com, to find out more information and to purchase tickets. I think there's literally a handful left, which is a great problem to have. We have two weeks left. And this is your big event for the year. This is our only active fundraiser where it's an event um, that we host And we have two nights this year because of the success in the previous years. This is our third year, so we are excited to celebrate um, the girls. Um, Our participants get to be there that night. Our angels will get to sing and kind of open the whole night. And you get a special time to really interact with them, ask questions. They love to share all that they love about uh, Angel Street. And so it's a special time to really just learn more about our program and actually get to meet the participants. When you talk about meeting the participants, and I've had a chance, and I see the smiles mm-hmm. and the hugs and all those things, and that, that is such a powerful point uh, for all of us, I think, who get to participate. But but let me ask you this. If you really could boil down and just put it down to the crucible of we grind it and grind it and come up with a one or two things, mm-hmm. at the end of the day... These are some kids that are not what we, not what you came up in. I know your mom and dad, uh, not what I came up in and when we grew up. These are kids that are coming from an environment that is not always a healthy environment. Mm -hmm. When you spend time with them, when do you see it begin to click and change because of what you're doing in the music? Well, there's all kinds of areas, and I could talk for days on all of this, but I would say probably three things. Number one, our staff. We are, we feel like everyone has been called to the position they're in. They care so intimately about the girls, but they also bring such an excellent model um, that they pattern themselves and and, and show the girls excellence um, in everything that they do. Um, 
they're handpicked for that position, but they also just care deeply about the girls. So I would say that that is um, a great opportunity for the girls to relate to our mentors and our staff, but also reach higher in achievement to um, to see the potential of success in the paths that our staff embody. So that's kind of one area. I would say... I would say the second thing that would be the most impacting is just the community focus that we have and that we partner with parents and schools and leaders in the community to really provide connectivity. You mentioned we kind of were raised differently. We had access. Mm. We had connections. Um, This is an under-resourced neighborhood, so the resources are limited. And so that causes all kinds of things. It's it's systemic, but it starts all with lack Mm. um, and, and poverty. And so everything else kind of stems from that. The girls that we are engaging, we want to provide an opportunity for connection to be able to go out in the community and see things that maybe they weren't connected to through their school system or church or home. Um, But we love to have exposure because we know that that's the best way to learn who you want to be and to discover your purpose. Great point. So those are things that we want to provide during our time with them. Angel Street, Memphis. Seek to empower young women to understand their value discover their purpose, and become creatively equipped to serve the Memphis community as leaders. Now, if you're listening and you happen to know someone that could be a volunteer, we're talking about ages 8 to 18 from several schools in the North Memphis area. They're opening up uh, another program at Graham Heights. They've got auditions going on right now. Uh, for the fall semester, one today at ten o'clock. I will not be there. You know, just, just I have something else. I'm telling going you, on. you can do your audition right now. This is a perfect yeah, opportunity. Right. Yeah, right. Okay, that's not good. I just want everybody to understand the experience is an outlet of creativity that strives to invest, and in, I think in these young artists to encourage them. Nurture them, as Jill has talked about, developing a deep desire for them to move forward and further their education. There have been some successes. That's what you need to know more about. Go to angelstreetmemphis.com, angelstreetmemphis.com. If you want to talk to Jill, Jill Dyson, it's 857-3533. you got the event coming up on September the 10th and the 11th. You cannot go on the 10th because it's sold out, but you can go on the 10th, on the 11th, and if you'd like like to do that it's at the napa cafe the tickets how much are the tickets they're 150 dollars, and anyone can sponsor if you can't attend monday or tuesday right you can still make a donation make a donation and that's uh next september the 11th at napa cafe and uh that's a it's a donated place they do a great job they absolutely um uh, raise awareness for Angel Street, and it's a loving place. You get to meet the girls, the angels, mm-hmm. as you refer to them, Jill. Okay. Jill, you've got a great ministry. God is blessing you. It is a pleasure to know you and a pleasure to work with you and to spend the time and just watch the energy that you bring to the table on behalf of what God's called you to do. Thank you so much thank for being you, with us today. Thank you, and thank you for having me once again. Uh, Appreciate you're always all a y'all great do. great guest. If you just tuned in, of course, we've been talking with Jill Dyson. She is the executive director and founder of Angel Street, Memphis. And we want you to know more about that. Give them a call at 857-3533. They got an event coming up on September the 11th at the Napa Cafe. Go to angelstreetmemphis.com and you can make a donation there. That's angelstreetmemphis.com. Jill Dyson, Executive Director. You're listening to Talk Money. Coming up, we're going to find out a little bit about what's going on with the health insurance industry and how you might find something that's a little more affordable than the Affordable Care Act. So 
stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Security and Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member of NIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we've been talking with uh, Jill Dyson from Angel Street, Memphis, and now I get the privilege of talking to the other half. And notice I said other half of the Dyson family. I have Shannon Dyson. Of course, he's a frequent guest of ours also. He is the vice president of SIS, or Shoemaker Insurance Solutions, and he is here to talk about those plans that we were mentioning earlier, short-term medical plans that have been introduced into the market this year and how these plans do different, uh, they're different from the Affordable Care Act compliant plans, and they are having an impact, and we want to know more about them. So, Shannon, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you for having me back again. I appreciate it. Well, you know, and I will say this, you you have a huge hill to climb. Well, I'm not sure how to follow that. I really don't. You really can't. I'm not sure. I mean, we go from talking about impactful things to now talking about insurance. It's me versus Jill. You know, I just, I don't know. I'll try. I'll do my best. You do your best, but I can tell you, it won't be enough. Here it is. (laughs) There are some new short-term plans, though, and they've been introduced to the market. We talked about this, and we've kind of been kind of holding back to see how this plays out, but how are these plans different than the Affordable Care Act, the compliant plan? The new short-term medical plans, something that uh, President Trump has been talking about for a long time, even when he, when he first came into office, uh, pre-Affordable Care Act, so we're talking 2009, 2010, right before the Affordable Care Act was introduced, uh, there were short-term medical plans that you could extend up to a year. Um, and typically those were for people that maybe were between jobs, um, needed some insurance, needed something short-term before they got another job that had benefits. Uh, those went away uh, when the Affordable Care Act came in with most carriers. There were still some available, but the limit was 90 days. Mm-hmm. So the most that you could carry a short-term plan was 90 days. Um, after that, it was not Affordable Care Act compliant, so you would still get penalized even if you had that plan. Um, you had to have a, an Affordable Care Act plan. Uh, what they're about to introduce for October, November timeframe uh, are brand new short-term plans that can be extended up to three years. Uh, so these are plans that no longer is a three-month um, limitation. You can actually extend them up to three years depending on what your state adopts. Uh, but the main difference in them is that health questions are asked, so you must answer health questions to get them, uh, and there's a 12-month pre-existing condition clause uh, on the policy. So we're going back to the way health insurance was done pre-2010, uh, which means you can have a pre-existing condition on your plan. Okay, so let's talk about that. If I've got a pre-existing condition, now I want people to, we need to put this in perspective. What was really a penalty for the compliant plans? The young person who uh, is healthy, doesn't need all the coverage, maybe they were being shoved into a plan, regardless of what was maybe best for them. Right. And paying a premium sometimes that was uh, higher than right. This is a way for them to buy a plan. They have to answer some questions, but if they're if they're healthy, which again that generation of people that this other plan was kind of penalizing, that should be an open market for them. This should be sure. a much much more uh, responsible plan for one. They are answering questions and one, and it should be a much more affordable plan. Right. This, these plans are not for everybody. Right. And I think that will be made absolutely clear when you go to sign up for one. This is not for everybody. But the but the young person, uh, even the older person that's healthy, 
Um, if you can answer the health questions with no's, you're, you're a fairly healthy person. Um, there'd be no reason for you not to take one of these plans if you want to save money. Where I see these really uh, coming into play, um, we have people come into the office all the time where one of the husband or spouse or husband or wife work um, and they're retiring or either leaving their job, retiring at age 65. Uh, Their spouse is still 61, 62, 63, not ready to go on to Medicare Mm -hmm. yet. Um, And right now, the only thing available is to extend COBRA uh, from their spouse's work, which is very expensive, or to go into the individual market. Again, very expensive. Um, So these plans will will be able to offer to those people uh, for an extended period of up to three years, which would get most of them to Medicare age and on to Medicare. That's where I see this really being beneficial. And it was a needed. It's it was, needed. It yeah, absolutely. A, it was a kind of a gap or a, a missing element that that I understand the reasoning for the other plans. Right. But it kind of penalized that, as you said, that 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 healthy individual, young or old, yep. and uh, put them in a situation where they were paying, uh, in some cases, some cases, some exorbitant. Well, you have a lot of people that are that were young and healthy that could not afford the, the insurance, so they just went without. Yeah. They just didn't do anything. Which is very dangerous. Which is dangerous. And so what these plans do, uh, when we say pre-existing condition, too, I think that a lot of times is uh, misunderstood. Um, a pre-existing condition, the way that they define it, is something you sought treatment for in the previous 12 months before taking the policy. Um, if you haven't had treatment for anything in the previous 12 months and you take the policy and get sick, it's not a pre-existing condition. That's covered. Mm-hmm. And so we're just talking about things that you may have been treated for, uh, that they're saying, hey, we'll cover you uh, health-wise, but we can't take that risk on for the first 12 months of the policy. If you just tuned in, my guest is Shannon Dyson. We're talking about the new short-term medical plans that have been introduced into the market earlier or later this year. They're going to actually come in around October and November, and these plans are different than the Affordable Care Act compliant plans, and you need to know about them, especially if you or you know someone that is that younger person that has maybe gone without and paying the penalty or just avoided the penalty. that We've got we've seen some of that where they've just said, uh, wait till they come get me. Well, there's been, you know, there's been one health insurance carrier in our market for the last two years in the Shelby County market. And so there's been a lot of people that have just said, well, I can't afford it. I'm just not going to have insurance. Um, If they catch me, they catch me and I'll pay the penalty. Or if something happens to me, I'll deal with it then, uh, which is not a great way to go through. Um, But we've seen it happen over and over again. What is this going to do as far as the effect on group health insurance market today? I don't think this will have much of an effect. We've got two things kind of happening simultaneously. We have uh, short-term plans uh, being introduced later this year, and we also have have the uh, the announcement that there are four new health insurance companies in the individual market coming into our area. Um, so what we're seeing is pricing going down, uh, new alternatives coming into the market for individuals, uh, but really none of that has much of an, of an effect on the group market. Uh, the only effect I would see is maybe some small employers uh, might say, well, my employees actually have choices now in the market, so maybe they can go out and get their own insurance. That You may have less group plans uh, in the very small market. Um, that could be an issue. But as far as the plans go and rates, uh, one of the most encouraging pieces uh, of the Affordable Care Act over the last seven years is small group plans have remained fairly steady. I mean, there's been increases, uh, but they've been very small increases year over year. 
uh, and those rates have remained pretty good. When we come back, Shannon, I want you to share with us kind of a how to shop this, how to go through this process, because it can get complicated quickly. And now when you've got some new insurance carriers coming into the market, there's that, uh, you know, well, I was not doing this. I mean, it's it's a moving target. So I want you to help us understand how to look into it, how to know that I'm making good choices. If you just tuned in, Shannon Dyson, he is the vice president of Shoemaker Insurance Solutions. We're talking about new short-term medical insurance plans that have been introduced, but we're all going to get into some of the main issues that the employer faces when deciding on how to purchase, how to provide health insurance for the employee. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thanks for listening. We're going to be back in just a minute. This is Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. When Dr. Lemuel Diggs began his medical career at UT Memphis, the city had the highest maternal death rate in the country. When Dr. Diggs investigated the matter, he discovered that in most cases, the patients had bled to death. To stop this tragedy from continuing, he proposed the creation of a blood bank. He believed having refrigerated blood in maternity hospitals would save the lives of countless mothers, and he was right. Despite the clear need for such a project, the university did not have the funding for it. When Diggs appealed to the city, responsibility for the project was referred back to the university. The local community rallied around Diggs and provided him the equipment to open a blood bank in 1938. It was the first in Memphis and the South, and the fourth in the country. This blood bank rapidly became a leader in the processing of plasma, and techniques perfected there dramatically improved the efficiency of hospital procedures, saving countless lives. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or guarantee future results. This information should not be relied upon as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. I uh, Again, we are talking with Shannon Dyson. We're kind of working through this process of the short-term medical plans. And, and what we've found out is Shannon's telling us that these new plans are going to help those of you that are trying to make decisions about, you know, which insurance plan or how do I, put, you know, how do I purchase? Or maybe you've been avoiding it and you just done nothing about it and you're running around it with no insurance. Well, this is going to be a way you can step into the market. And it may be an affordable way that you can step into the market. But you're going to have to answer some questions, and there is going to be a 12-month pre-existing clause, and you just need to prepare for that. But now, Shannon, uh, let me ask this question, because I really feel like that there's been this period of time where we saw insurance carriers just withdraw from Memphis and the Mid-South. This, this it Basically, if you were west of the Tennessee River, boom, they just all of a sudden there was just one carrier. Now we're seeing... Three more carriers or four more carriers come back into the marketplace. Is that as positive as that sounds? Do you feel that we can say that's without a doubt? That's a good thing. Competition in the free market system is good. Yeah, I mean, all we've heard for the for the last six or seven years, like you said, are, are carriers pulling out of the market because it was um, not profitable for them to be in the market. 
and it wasn't profitable because they could no longer ask health questions. They didn't know what type of risks they were taking on. They had to take on everybody, so they didn't know. Uh, I think this is a clear uh, defining moment that says maybe it is profitable because you have four other carriers coming back into the marketplace. Um, I don't see insurance carriers coming back into this individual market if they think we're going to lose money hand over fist when we're coming back into the market. So I think, yes, yeah, it's, it's absolutely positive. Uh, another positive thing is Cigna dropped their rates 12.9% in Shelby County. Which is hard to believe. I mean, we don't normally see. It doesn't quite make up for all the increases we've gotten. Make sure we understand. But it is 12.9% nice. yeah. is a great number. Yeah. But, it, again, we've been seeing increase after increase after increase. So they're settling. Are we learning how to do this better? It seems that that's the case. When when you've had just, let's give Cigna, Blue Cross, Humana, uh, groups that have averaged in the 20s and 30% increases over the last three years. Um, now, Blue Cross is not in our area, uh, but Blue Cross is giving an 18% decrease across the state. Cigna, 12.9% decrease across uh, Shelby County. Um, that says that, okay, they're understanding ha- how to price this a little bit better, uh, and they're able to entice people to come into the market by giving these rate reductions. You know, what's what we all talk about, if we're just sitting around the table talking and people get so concerned, you know, they, I don't know if I have enough coverage. I don't know if Medicare, for those that have Medicare, is Medicare going to really do it? Should I have Part D? And we talk about that a lot of times. And I'll have you back on the program and we'll kind of dive because we got a lot of questions about that. But the reality is so many times the employer is the is the it can be the bad guy because he didn't provide enough mm-hmm. or uh he's he feels like well it's costing me so much money so really let's talk about what are the what are the main issues that the employer faces as we go through this when deciding on what type of health insurance to provide we talk to employers a lot and and we hear this over and over again they they offer health insurance as a benefit to entice talent and to keep talent in their in their business. Right. Um, but a lot of times what it turns into is they're spending a lot of money. Um, health insurance or providing health insurance for your employee base uh, is one of the largest expense budget items that you have. And so you want to make sure that that is providing the results that you want them to provide. And if you're providing a plan that maybe everybody in your company thinks is not a very good plan, um, and they don't really appreciate the money that you're spending towards a plan that they don't really like. Uh, and so that's a choice for the employer. What type of plan do I want to present well, to my employees? When you talk about type, you're talking about low deductibles. Low deductibles are versus high deductibles, uh, office visit copays, prescription copays. There's a lot that goes into picking uh, a plan and how it will affect the employees that you're trying to provide for. That is uh, that is a question. If you just tuned in, my guest is Shannon Dyson. We're talking about the new insurance plans, and of course, we just kind of kind of literally looking about what employers, if you'd like to talk to Shannon, just give him a call, 757-5757, and just ask for Shannon Dyson. And uh, it is a big budget expense item for an employer, and you want to get the bang for your buck. Yeah, and so that whole plan design discussion, it revolves around cost. If you want to offer a low deductible plan, well, you're going to pay a lot more money for that. If you want to offer a high deductible plan, little bit lower cost. You want to make sure that you're offering uh, the right level of coverage. You don't want to over-insure your group, which sounds weird, but you can over-insure your group and be paying more premiums to the insurance carrier than you need to. Do you have a preference? I mean, this is a loaded question, sorry, but do you have a preference on the hospital system 
their, and their plan covers what the window is there a way of putting that together when you i mean you know you're trying to make a design plan here mm-hmm. and you're going and this one's going to send you to this hospital do you try to work through how do you manage? yeah that's a big question that comes up uh methodist versus baptist in our area yeah, right that's yeah. that's the big question um and what we try to explain to we we have uh meetings with the employees once these plans are introduced and so the question that comes up in our one-on-one time with employees, what is the network? Is it Baptist? Is it Methodist? Um, and we say, well, it's Methodist with this particular plan. Oh, I go to Baptist, you know? And so, well, are my doctors going to be covered? And that's the, that's the second question. Um, and what we typically see is whether you have the, the, any of the big carriers in, in our area, um, not every carrier, not every doctor will be covered or be in the network with every carrier. Um, but whether it's Baptist or Methodist, a lot of times it doesn't really matter for the doctor because doctors have dual admitting privileges. They can go into Baptist or Methodist for the most part. Um, so that tends not to be that big of an issue. So you can keep the doctor, but if, you, if you're saying, well, I am not going to go to an X, I won't even fill in the blank. We, we may need to change your mind change on that. Your, <laughs> <laughs> that be a, you mentioned earlier that the employer could be over-insuring yeah. their employees. That. I mean, what do you mean by that? I mean, that's, I don't know if the big... employees would agree with me on this, but but we see this from time to time when when an employer, um, a lot of times in a, in a nonprofit organization um, where maybe the salaries are not as big as other corporations would be, and they say, well, we want to make sure that we're providing our employees really good insurance so that we understand that we can't pay the type of salaries that they could get other uh, uh, you know at another company. We just want to make sure that we're offering the best plan possible. And that's great. And I think that's fantastic. And there's ways to spend those dollars rather than having a really low deductible plan. What we'll do is go in and look and see what type of claims history has this group had over the last three years. And if we have a young, healthy group, you know, maybe you raise the deductibles and self-insure those deductibles as the employer. You know, you can cover those for the employee. Let's talk about that. When we come back, I want to find out what you mean by self-insure and how the employer has to, and that you need to calculate that. You don't need to just toss that little number and say, we'll do that. So if you just tuned in, my guest is Shannon Dyson. We're talking about health insurance plans. We talked about specifically earlier, the short-term medical plans that are going to be available at the end of the year and how you might want to be a part of that. Stay with us because we come back, we're going to find out about, are you over-insuring that employee and how do you put it together? It's a, you know, what does it mean to be self-insuring? That's a big statement, but it could be a part of how you design your employee cost. I mean, employer and employee cost when you're putting together your health insurance plan, a group chain plan. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, if you just tuned in, my guest, Shannon Dyson, we're talking about health insurance plans. We talked about over-insuring. Maybe an employer could over-insure their employees, and he's kind of given us an explanation of that. But he mentioned something about self-insuring. Maybe you're going to put the, the deductible up higher than normal to lower your monthly cost, but you're going to set aside some funds and self-insure. So I want to make sure everybody fully understands that. So let's go through that, self-insuring. Some of the analysis that we do, we, we look and see the, the claims history of the group and how many employees you have in the group and what type of savings. Let's just use an, as an example that we go to uh, an employer and they have a $1,000 deductible plan. 
um, and we make a recommendation to move to a $4,000 deductible plan. Well, that's that's a pretty big change for any employee to say, well, I have $1,000 and I'm moving to a $4,000 deductible. Uh, but for the employer, that could save 30 to 35 percent on premiums, which is a big number uh, for the employer. Um, and so then what we will help the employer analyze is how much of that savings can we put aside uh, into a fund for the employees that when they need that extra money for their deductible, the difference in that 1000 deductible and four, that they can provide support for that. Um, and we don't do this if we walk into a group and the group has been running you know, claims heavy for the last three years, that may not be something that we recommend for them. Um, but if we have a young, healthy group, that what that's telling us is that we're paying the insurance carrier all of those dollars and we're not being used. We're not making the best use of our money. So if we pay the insurance carrier less um, and when our employees need the money for health expenses, at that point is when we spend the money. So we've got 30%, which could represent thousands of dollars uh, that we have set aside. And when our employees need it, they get to use it. So the employee really feels no change in their health plan. Uh, but the employer is not sending all of those dollars to the insurance carrier. So it's kind of a using discretion, uh, exactly. how, to, how to put it. Now, you can't just decide, okay, Shannon, I'll pick you. You get this, but you, I'm not going to give it to Greg. He's not, you know, he's over you there. Can, you can get yourself in some trouble that way. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a uniform decision okay. of saying, you know, everybody that, this is just an example that we use. Everybody with single coverage is getting $1,000 uh, for the year uh, into a health reimbursement account. Um, everybody that has family coverage is getting $2,000 in a health reimbursement account. And that's kind of an example. Uh, and so those employees really have $1,000 on individual to spend before they have come out of their pocket any money. Mm. And so what we typically that's see good. is the employees like these plans. Uh, you just have to educate and talk and let them know how they work. If you did that to Mr. Ratliff, we would be off the air in a heartbeat. <laughs> Correct. Really quick. That's the way it works. Yes. That's the way it yes. works. You can't rather, pick and choose. Rather, he picked, yeah. he be a bad pick there. <laughs> yeah. All right. We mentioned this earlier. I've got to make a decision, and I want you to help me make this decision. I've got to select. I am now going to step into this health insurance plan coming up in the in the fall. Just give me you know one or two or three steps that I should be thinking about to choose an insurance carrier and what I should be thinking. Yeah, so if you're an individual right now and you're and you're looking um, at what you're going to be doing for 2019, you understand there's no penalty any longer for 2019 for not having health insurance. Um, but you still need to have health insurance because if something happens and you go in the hospital, you need coverage. Um, I think that this year you have many more options than you've had in the past. And so there are four brand new options in the individual health market. Um, all of those will be on healthcare.gov. You can check those out and see what plan options are there, what the prices will be. Um, you can actually load your income into that system, and it will show you what type of tax credit that you would you would receive, if any. Um, it will give you a, an approximate cost for the upcoming year. Um, if you're looking at that and you're saying, you know, I don't know that I really want to commit to one of these Affordable Care Act plans. I'm pro I may be getting a job February, March, April of next year, or I'm at least looking for one. Um, a short-term temporary plan may be the one that you go with, these new short-term plans. You can have them up to three years. Um, now, in Tennessee, it may only be 12 months. We'll find out more in October. Um, but you'd have to answer health questions and just understand that for the lower cost that you're getting, and it will be about a third of the cost of a normal plan, um, you're going to have some limitations possibly if you've had pre-existing conditions. Uh, if not, then that's really something you don't have to worry about. If you're young, healthy, 
old, healthy, it doesn't really matter. You're going to save money and you can take these plans as a temporary fix until you find a more permanent solution. So you go to healthcare.gov. Healthcare.gov will give you all of your ACA options. And when you're making that choice, Mm -hmm. you're talking about making sure that you're not just throwing it, you know, something together. You need to look inside the plan and see if it's going to be what you're looking for. Right. And so I would always tell uh, individuals to do, and this is what I do myself when I'm choosing the plan at our office. We have three different options. Let's look at my health history or my family's health history over the last three years. Have we just been going to the doctor for just normal sick visits? Um, You can't predict when you go into the hospital, but if you have a chronic condition, um, you may need a plan that has office copays, something that you're going to pay a little bit more for, but if you're going to have frequency at the doctor's office, you may want to pick up those office copays. If you're healthy, you only go to the doctor once a year for your physical, or if you get a sinus infection in February, um, then take a plan that has a higher deductible and save those dollars, save those premium dollars. Instead of sending them to the insurance company, save them. Um, Open up a health savings account or just put them in your checking account or in a savings account separate from everything else so you can use that money if you need it. And so those are the decisions to be looking for. Shannon, you're always a wealth of information. You just you describe it for us. You give us great insight. If you'd like to ask Shannon a question or you'd just like to get more information about what's coming up with the insurance plans, just give Shannon a call at 757-5757. Again, an enormous amount of uh, information, a wealth of knowledge. Shannon, thank you so much for being with us Thank today. you again for having me. If you've been just tuned in, of course, that's Shannon Dyson. We're talking about health insurance. You know, you might want to just talk to him. Don't don't hesitate to do that. If you want to listen to this program, all you need to do is go to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. If you've got questions, or go to podcast on the iTunes store and go just search on Shoemaker Financial and listen to the program again. I want to give a big shout-out again to the special congratulation to good friends and faithful listeners down in Batesville, Mississippi, the Granthams, Alan and Becky, who just celebrated their 50th anniversary. You know what? Congratulations, guys. All of us, when you go through that process, we just say, hey, 50 anniversaries, that's pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm headed down. That's a pretty good deal. That is a pretty good deal. Thank you for being a part of today's program. We're always pleased to have you here, and uh, you're always great to be a participant, and we always ask you to just send us questions if you've got them. Send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be glad to get the questions back again. Thank you, Shannon, for being with us. Thanks, Jim. All right. It's been a good program. It's been fast and moving and a little bit educational. We're always here every Wednesday and Saturday, so stay with us. And thank you for being a part. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Security and Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Bang!